Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hey friends, the following podcast was recorded in May of 2021. As you guys know, it, I am somewhere in the Caribbean floating on a ship. <laughs> but these recordings uh, will keep us on track uh, as we went through the Book of Romans together a few years ago. So hope you enjoy the podcast and let's dive in. Yes, yes, sir. I think it's about that time. We're going to be reading Romans chapter 8 today. Welcome, everybody. Diana, Mark, Ken, good morning. Lorna, good morning. Morning prayer. Um, also, the daily podcast. This is fun, man. We dig into the Word of God. We, we read, we pray, we change the world. We laugh along the way a little bit. <clears throat> it's awesome. Been We've been at this for over a year now. Started you know, during the COVID shutdown last year as just a way to stay encouraged and lift each other up. And here we are a year later, over a year later, and thankfully things are getting better. And, uh, but we're still at this, man. We're still at this daily time with God. I love it. Thank you guys for sticking in there. Thank you guys who jumped on, whether you've been on the whole time from March of 2020, or you just started today. Welcome. Glad you're here. All right. So we're going to read uh, Romans chapter 8 today. So look, uh, short recap. Chapters 1 through 3, verse 20. Paul argues that we're all dead. Everyone spiritually dead. In Romans chapter 3, verse 21, through verse 4. Through chapter 5, Paul is telling us about how we can be raised. We were raised, justified by faith in Christ. This righteousness from God that has been revealed, that is apart from the law, this faith in Jesus. And then in chapter 6 through 8 is walking in new life. So chapter 7 last week or yesterday was about that battle, that tug of war with sin. And how the answer to that is Jesus. Well, now he talks about the result, the continuing result of walking in the spirit. And um, it addresses two big things that our, our sin um, afforded us. One was condemnation. Sin afforded us condemnation, punishment, and separation, separation from God. Those two things were the penalty for sin, condemnation and separation. And Paul's going to address both of those things right here in Romans chapter 8. You guys ready? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's read. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Trish. Carol, Dale, good morning. This is going to be good, y'all. It's going to be good. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, I'm just going to 
There's no condemnation. For who? For those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, if you've been around the church, you're used to that terminology in Christ. But if you aren't, it sounds like a kind of a weird thing. Like, how can you be in Christ? It's basically that we're, we're, we have, we're, there's this union now that we have with Jesus. We're in the body of Christ. We are in him. We are in the family of God. We are in God's family. So there is now no condemnation, no judgment, no punishment for those who are in Christ, who've been clothed with Christ, who, as Paul told us in chapter three, verse 21, have put their faith in this righteousness from God that has been revealed, which is Jesus. So now we're in Christ. So there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So you know, the old living by the law, living without Christ, trying to be religious, trying to do the law, it ended in sin and death. But now you're enlivened, enlivened by the spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He's going to talk about that in a minute. Good morning. Good morning, Mary. Verse three, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. Okay. See what this, this, the, 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 the law could not. We talked, we said yesterday that the law revealed the problem. And that is really, really important. Uh, the law revealed the problem with, with our human condition, i.e. sin. But that's all it could do. It was weak in that it had no solution, only revealed the problem. There's value in revealing the problem, but there's also weakness in only being able to reveal the problem. So here he's saying, for what the law was powerless to do, it couldn't do anything about it, only reveal it, because it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So God's going to solve the problem. The sin problem for humanity, God's going to solve himself. He sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. Now that word flesh in the Greek is this word sarx. And it basically, and again, if you're new to scripture, this may be a weird word. Flesh, it's not literally talking about your skin per se. It's usually, it's usually a... a um, a synonym for sinful human desires, just our innate sinful human human condition, not desires. Our, our innate human uh, sinful condition is the flesh. So if you walk according to the flesh, then you're just walking according to your, your own innate sinful condition. So for what the law is powerless to do, and it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness Jesus wasn't sinful, but he came in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin. Ooh, you see what happened right there? We would have been condemned. Our sin would have condemned us, but Jesus came and did what? He condemned sin. He judged sin. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So we don't meet the. All the righteous requirements of the law, but it's met in us. How? Through Jesus. 
Jesus meets all the righteous requirements of the law and us being in Jesus and him being in us. Those righteous requirements are met in us. Why? Because Jesus is in us. Praise God. Verse five. <clears throat> Those who live according to the flesh, innate sinful nature, have their minds set on what the flesh desires, what the sinful nature desires. But those who live according with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Things of God. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do it. So the, the mind of the flesh can't obey God's law, can't obey the righteous requirements of God. It can't obtain righteousness. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You can't please God. I cannot please God in my sinful nature. In my own sinful nature, I can't please God. I need Jesus in me and the Holy Spirit to fill me so that I, my mind is fixed on the things of the Spirit that lead me to life and peace. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. You're not in the realm of the sinful nature anymore, but in the realm of the spirit. Indeed, the spirit of God lives in you. Could you could you help me underline that right there? I'm just going to underline that. The spirit of God lives in you. Mm. Come on, Julie. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. You can't be you can't be Jesus's people if you don't have the spirit of Jesus in you, the Holy Spirit. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life life. Because of the spirit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. As I said, the spirit gives lice. The spirit does not give lice. We still don't know what calls it. Lice just they're everywhere. Not everywhere, but, you know. Every little kid in the world seemed to have cleared out their classroom because of lice. The spirit does not give lice, guys. That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> Good morning, Ron. Okay, let me they try that again. Let me try to get my, my mouth isn't quite awake yet. Let me try it again. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, sarks, the body, the sinful nature, the flesh. Your flesh, you're basically your body, your physical body is going to die. But the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, watch, 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 watch. If Jesus, anything in Jesus must live. Why? Because Jesus is alive. So anything that is in Jesus must live. Anything in the flesh will die because things of the flesh die, but anything in Jesus lives. So watch this. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. You're going to live too. Not just now. 
you're going to continue to live because anything, anyone in Christ cannot do anything else but live. Mm. Got to live. Has no choice but to live. Jesus said it's got to live. Because Jesus is life and he is resurrection. Verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh. We don't have an obligation to the flesh that is going to die. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you if you but if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. That's how you know, man. That's how you know you're a child of God. You've got the spirit of God in you. And, how, and what is it? It's a subjective thing, man. I can't, I can't judge it in you. You can't judge it in me. But you know it for yourself is what he's going to say. For those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. If, if, you, if you're led by the flesh, if you're led by the flesh and your fleshly desires, you need to be concerned about whether you're a child of God. But if your heart is the, is the desire to follow after God, to follow the spirit of God, then, then that is a evidence that you are a child of God. You have to you have to discern that yourself. I can't discern that for you, and you can't discern it for me. Verse 15. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Right? We don't live in condemnation. We don't live in fear. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Dad! Father, the spirit in you cries out to the, the holy, sovereign God of the universe that says, you're my dad. I'm your child. The spirit does that. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we're children, then we are heirs. We're not stepchildren. We're heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. We keep walking with him. We persevere. We continue to follow him. We will share in his sufferings. I mean, we will share in his glory if, we, if we're willing to share in his sufferings. And then he's he going he gonna to tack on to that. He's like, well, let me tell you about the sufferings. Good morning, everybody. Man, this is good. This is good. He says, so, you know, if you're willing to suffer with Christ, you're also going to share in his glory. But let me tell you about the sufferings. Verse 18. I love this verse, man. I ain't going to lie to you. Mm, 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 mm. If you've heard me preach, you know I would quote this thing all the time. <laughs> 818. Romans 818. I consider. Man, this thing gives me goosebumps. I ain't going to lie to you. This, this verse gives me goosebumps. Because listen. Listen, I think about the sufferings of the Apostle Paul, right? The sufferings of the Apostle Paul. He didn't just have a little toothache. He didn't just have a little bad day here and there. He didn't just, you know, his car wouldn't start. No, you're talking about a guy who had been uh, 
near death on multiple occasions, who'd been shipwrecked, who'd been beaten, who'd been put in jail, who'd been put in prison, who'd been hated and despised, who spent the last days of his life in jail until he faced execution. And this is what he says about the sufferings of this life. I consider, Paul considers, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy of comparing to the glory that will be revealed. Man, look, it gets me every time. He says they're not worthy of comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. It's not even worth comparing. Paul's like, I, you know, all the things I've suffered, it's compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. It's not even worth talking about. They're nothing compared to the glory. Woo. Verse eight, verse 19. For the creation waits. Oh, yeah, we all waiting. Creation is waiting for its adoption. For the creation waits on tiptoes, as it were. That's what it means, literally. The eager expectation is on tiptoes. For all creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Heaven, creation waits for all of this, the, the, the final um, country people of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage of decay and be brought to freedom and glory, to the glory, freedom and the glory of ch the children of God. It's waiting to be redeemed. And it will be completely and totally. Verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, we who are the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption of sonship, the redemption of our bodies. This old body going to get redeemed, people. The Spirit gets redeemed too, but the body gets redeemed. This old body, he's going to give us a new body. It's going to be redeemed. This old body that is subject to decay, it's going to be redeemed. He's going to make it new. And so everything groans because it's dying here. Everything here is groaning and dying and decaying and winding down. But thanks be to God, something new has entered into the human condition called the resurrection of Jesus that is going to bring this dead junk to life. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Verse 24, for in the hope, for in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. When we're praying, watch this. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through, world, through wordless groans. Sometimes when we pray, man, we don't even know what to say. Just say, Jesus. You know, sometimes we get all stressed out. I don't want, I want to make sure I pray the right thing. Look, you just pray your heart and the will of God. You know what God's going to do? He's going to work it out the way it needs to be worked out. That's peace. It's not a formula. Like if I pray this wrong, it may turn out to be the wrong answer. Or something bad, something bad may happen. No, no. 
The spirit in you is praying with God's spirit. And it's going to be prayed just like it ought to be prayed. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with his with the will of God. So the spirit in us knows exactly the right way to pray. So we let the spirit of God pray through us and it knows the spirit, not it. He knows exactly what the will of God is. Verse 28. And we know that in all things. Here it is. 828, man. You know that. You got that one highlighted. Romans 828. And we know that in all things. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. People are going to work all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Did God know you were going to be saved before the creation of time? Yes. It's called foreknowledge. He knew you would choose him. And those whom God foreknew, he predestined to be conforming to the image of his son. People say, I, there's this debate about whether predestination is in the Bible. Of course it's in the Bible. It's all over the place. Ephesians, Romans. It's on the basis of what that foreknowledge and the basis of salvation. Foreknowledge doesn't predetermined salvation. He already knew though. And so he plans, he worries, he's going to work everything out together for good. See, he already knew you were going to be saved. So he's working everything out for your good. How? Because he knows you were going to be saved. He knew it. He knew you would respond. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And this one, man, he's he going to close it strong right here. He's going to close it strong. Watch this. Verse 31. What shall we say in response to these things? What shall we say to all these things? I'll tell you what we can say. If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, how, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. They can't judge you. God, God saved you. Who then is it? Who then is the one who condemns? No one. No one can stand over God and condemn. No one stands over against God and condemns anything God does. Let me go that. Well, I don't know. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of God does that. Well, look, here's the thing. You can't stand over God and judge God at the end of the day. You may not like it. You may not, you may be frustrated with it. I get frustrated, but at the end of the day, he's God. I'm not. And I don't stand over him ever, ever deal with it. Sometimes people just need a, a healthy dose of, dose of reality and it's called deal with it. You don't know everything. You ain't over everything. Deal with it. You ain't got to like it. You just got to deal with it. Um, verse 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. 
Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. I love this. Talk about the first part about condemnation. Now we're talking about separation. No condemnation. Now we're talking about no separation. Watch this. No separation from God. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Sin separates. Separates us from the presence of God. Separates us. Alienates us from a holy God. Alienates us from the family of God. Alienates. That's what sin does. But who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine? Ooh, I'm about. Mm, 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 mm. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face day, death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Is that what we are? Sheep to be slaughtered? No. Is that what we are? Just. Just sleep, uh, sleep. Yeah, are we asleep? No. Are we just sheep led to slaughter foolishly? No. In all things, we are more than conquerors. Are we survivors? No, we're conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced. Here we go, man. You got to highlight this one too. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, which is in Christ Jesus. Hmm. That's good preaching right there. That's good preaching right there. Man, nothing. In Christ, there is no condemnation. And in Christ, there is no separation between you and God. Praise God. Hey, we went a little long today, but man, that was rich. We got to pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Man, your word says it all. And it fills our hearts with so much joy to know that we are free, that there is no condemnation because we are in Jesus, that there's no separation because we are in you. And the present sufferings of this world are not worthy of comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed. Lord, I pray that that's an encouragement to my friends today, to everyone who's listening, to everyone who's watching. Lord, may, may it just uh, penetrate the depths of their heart and give them hope and peace and confidence to face whatever battle they're facing today, whatever battles that come, whether on the mountaintop, whether in the valley. Lord, we know that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We worship you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for sharing this and rating it and subscribing. Really appreciate that. We'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.